Welcome back to the Created to Thrive podcast, where we unpack the abundant life that God has designed for each of us. I'm your host, Lori K. Snyder, and today we have a powerful episode lined up for you. We're diving deep into the power of hope and how it can transform our lives like never before. You see, true hope is more than just wishful thinking or empty optimism. It's a confident expectation of future good anchored in the unfailing promises of God. I know life can be full of disappointments and challenges that make it hard to hold on to hope. And you might have even been told to not get your hopes up about a situation. It's easy to feel overwhelmed and lose sight of the promises that God has for us. But without hope, we will feel stuck, lost, and unable to find the strength to trust God and move forward in faith. So I want to help you today grow because I'm a resiliency coach and Bible teacher, and I guide individuals in bouncing back from setbacks to find hope and faith in the midst of trials. And I myself know the battle of feeling hopeless. And recently I was a guest on my friend Chris Cree's live broadcast called Two for Tuesday, where I share some of my journey. And then we teach on the power of true hope. And so I didn't want you, my listeners, to miss out on any of that. So today I'm sharing that broadcast. We're gonna unpack the depth of what true hope means to understand the negative impacts of hopelessness and why we need to abound in hope to see God's promises fulfilled and have stronger faith. We will share practical strategies and personal insights on how we can cultivate, nurture, and sustain hope in our daily lives. If you want to strengthen your faith, you can actually listen to more of Chris's live Two for Tuesdays broadcast where he has amazing guests who teach on God's word to help you grow. And I will have a link for that in the show notes. And then I also want to encourage you to make sure you're subscribed to this Created to Thrive podcast, where we equip and empower you to live a life of purpose and fulfillment, to thrive in every aspect of life. All right, my friends, whether you're going through a difficult season, experiencing a loss or disappointment, or simply just seeking to deepen your faith, This episode is for you because I want to help you understand how faith, hope, and love are foundations for a thriving life. So grab a cup of coffee, find a comfortable spot, and get ready to be inspired, encouraged, and empowered as we explore the importance of hope in our lives and how we can confidently anchor our hope in the unwavering goodness of our Heavenly Father. You don't want to miss this. Stay tuned for a conversation with Chris Cree. Hello, everyone, and welcome to our Two for Tuesday broadcast. I am your host, Chris Cree, and I am excited about this broadcast. Today, we're going to talk about hope and the power of hope, and I am excited to have Lori Snyder with us once again. You want to talk about hope today, so I'm, I'm hopeful it's going to be a good broadcast. How about that? <laughs> Yeah, this is a real, uh, it's been a very personal journey for me with hope and battling hopelessness throughout my journey. And so I just really want to encourage people because too often we focus on faith, which is a very Mm. important component because we're to live by faith, right? Walk by faith and not by sight. 
But I think what happens is we tend to question, am I doing it right? Do I have enough faith? What do I do to get God's promises? So we go through this journey. So I just want to uh, give some encouragement and empowerment mm. today. Yeah, now I agree with you. Hope tends to get kind of, you know, short, the short shrift, if you will. It gets, it gets overlooked. We know that the three things last forever, faith, hope, and love, right? We all know that. And we all talk about faith, like you said, very important. We also put a heavy emphasis on love. Yeah. But we almost completely ignore hope most times. So I think it's important that we emphasize it properly. Yeah. A famous scripture is Hebrews 11, 1. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. And that tells us that there is a direct connection between faith and hope. Yeah. And so what a lot of times is we're so focused on now faith, right? Now faith mm -hmm. is. But you will not have faith unless you have hope because hope gives faith to have substance. So hope brings mm -hmm. in, hope is that vision, that expectation of God's promises that come in from the spirit realm into the natural. But mm -hmm. I want to just break it down in very practical. You know me, I'm a very practical person <laughs> yeah. of what does that look like in my real everyday life versus just from a spiritual sense. So you mentioned First um, Corinthians 13, 13. And now abideth faith, hope, and love, these three, but the greatest of these is love. And that word abide there just for the audience sake means that they, that, that lasts forever is what, what the Paul's getting at when he wrote that. Right. So I have a, a visual because I'm a visual person. And mm -hmm. um, so it helps me with understanding. So if you can bring that up there, this is what the Lord really revealed to me one day when I was battling hopelessness. I, first of all, I've, I dealt with infertility for four years. I've mm. moved 22 times in 32 year process. Oh my goodness. Um, wow. Went through, you know, my husband and I had separated. We were in the process of divorce and God did a miracle in both of our hearts and turned our hearts towards each other and we did not get divorced. So, but then that was a journey of walking out, rebuilding and, I had thought, you know, we had, we'd gone to Bible school with you guys together and mm -hmm. that was something that we were together 24 seven. But then afterwards he went back into the home building industry and I thought we were going to be doing more ministry together, but his ministry is actually in the marketplace. He's very yeah. effective with people um, that love God, but don't necessarily know him or go to church. And so that is his area of, you know, spreading the gospel and, and the good news, encouraging people. Mm -hmm. But I had thought, well, we were going to be doing it this way. And so I really battled with the fact of, okay, now I don't have my husband around anymore because he travels uh, often throughout every week. And so just really battling that. And then that's when this, the Lord just really highlighted 1 Corinthians 13, 13, because God is love, scripture says in 1 John 4, 17, God is love. We tend to focus on the faith so much, or we focus on the love but we miss yeah. out that hope. And so this is what the Lord really showed me was love is that foundation in which our life is built upon. And it's not us loving God. Yeah. It's more of us receiving God's love for us. And that was a big journey that he took me on to be his daughter, to know how to rest in his love. So then my faith works through love, but we mm -hmm. tend to, again, go through the hope part or miss it. We just think, well, it's wishful thinking. But he said, 
Hope is built upon love. Faith is built upon hope. Yeah. And so we, when we focus on how much God loves us and what Jesus has done for us in his finished work, and then the promises of God that are yes and amen in Christ, we will start to see it through the eyes of love. And we need to have that hope. And hope is that, Bible hope is that confident expectation of a future good. Now, I, I, well, before you move off of that, I think that's a real important thing to emphasize very heavily because the world has a completely different understanding of hope, Lori. The world sees hope as um, a wish for something that probably won't happen. Um, that's the way they look at hope. Like, I hope I win the lottery or I hope I don't get a speeding ticket even though I'm driving way too fast, you know, and I'm going through the speed trap. They, they have a hope, but they, they really don't think it's going to come to pass. And that's radically different from biblical hope. Like you said, biblical hope. Give us that definition again, please. It's a confident expectation of a future good. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's that expectation, that expectancy that, mm -hmm. that it really will come to pass that separates biblical hope from worldly hope. Mm -hmm. And it's used often in um, the Hebrew for waiting. And I know the mm -hmm. last episode, we talked about waiting on the Lord and we don't like to wait. We want it now. We're in an instant society where everything is instant, fast food. I want it now. We don't want to wait. We don't want to have patience. But really, hope is tied to waiting Yeah, and abiding. That, that perseverance. And the perseverance and that builds character that builds maturity and really faith is that step of action that we take which is based on that foundation of god's loving kindness towards us his goodness his mercy knowing his character knowing his ways that producing hope and hope is tied to our imagination mm -hmm. and that's very important because we can take a promise of God and we can intellectualize it and say, okay, I know by his stripes I'm healed. But then physically, I might be having pain in my body and it might be something for a long time. Or like I said, I dealt with infertility. Well, mm -hmm. God's will is for me to be fruitful and multiply. It says in yeah. the word, right? But why is it not happening in my body? And so that's where hope is going to sustain us. Hebrews uh, 6, 18, I believe says, hope is an anchor. It's actually 6, 19. I was looking that up while you were talking. Okay. Yeah. yeah. This hope we have as an anchor for the soul, both sure and steadfast, and which enters the presence behind the veil. And that's talking about the, the it enters right into the presence of God. So our hope connects us to God's very presence. Um, and and I, I could go on on that because I've got a visual from my maritime industry that speaks to this very clearly. Yeah. Um, I don't want to take your time though. So I'll, I, you know, I could go there, but um, I'm t <laughs> well, I want to, but I won't. <laughs> <laughs> well, and often we have a veil of our heart. Mm. We don't yeah. under, we don't see ourselves as God sees us. We see us from our past disappointments, our past failures, who we were or what we've been through. And so this is where it's going to be very much tied to the soul. Yeah. It's, it's taking what we know and what Jesus has done for us, but really now it's in that soul realm, which is our mind, our will, 
and emotions and involves our imagination. And um, we'll, well talk I, a little later. Go ahead. Well, let's just go back to that about it connecting us to God for a second as an encouragement to those watching. You know, it, maybe you're in a situation like Lori was, where she was believing for years to, to be able to have children or, or believing for, you know, a, a healthy marriage when her marriage looked like it was all but done. If you don't have faith to see that happen just yet, you can be encouraged because you can have hope. You can put your hope in the truth like Lori did. She put her hope in that word that said that we were called to be fruitful and multiply. Mm -hmm. And she didn't have the faith to see it happen yet, but you can hold on to that hope. And hope is like, it's like faith in its early stages before it becomes fully ripe and fruitful. Hope is, is you know, Lisa, Lisa says, you know, she's got animal analogies and she says that hope is like faith in its larval state. But the point is this, you can hold on to hope. You don't have to give up. You don't have to be defeated. You can hold on to hope and know that God's word is true and that, it, you know, we, we receive the promises through faith and patience, right? So that hope is what is that patience part that connects us to the faith. And the faith is what pulls it across from the spiritual into the natural so that we have it. I mean, how old are your boys now, Lauren? Uh, they'll be 21 next month. <laughs> so you went That's... from struggling, <laughs> struggling to have twins. children yeah. to twins. Twins. Yeah. Yeah. That's I awesome. had twins. Yeah. So, um, and God's mercies are new every day. So I, uh, um, but here's the thing. I, I look at it as I used to, I grew up on a farm. Okay. And it would be foolish for my grandfather. I grew up next to my grandparents. And so it'd be foolish for my grandfather to go think he could harvest a field. He, we, we bailed hay. Okay. If, if he was going to go harvest hay, if he never sowed seed. Mm. Hope is like the seed that gets planted. But even more than that, it's the heart. Mark chapter four talks about the sower, the parable of the sower. The sower goes to sow the seed. It's the condition of our heart that is going to determine whether that seed is going to mature enough to produce a harvest for something for faith, right? To, to take mm -hmm. a step of action. So if we look at, let's, let's go out to, um, because of time, let's go into Proverbs 13, 12, because I lived in this proverb for a long oh, time. Yeah. Um, and I want to break it down a little bit okay. to talk about hope. Um, well, here's, here's, what the, here's what it says, and then you can break it down. It says, hope deferred makes the heart sick, but when the desire comes, it is a tree of life. Mm -hmm. So let's break that down. Hope, confident expectation of future good. Let's mm -hmm. talk about that expectation because I had a lot of unrealistic expectations. Ooh. And I talked to a lot of people um, that are believing God for his promises, but they're, they have an expectation of how it's going to look. Hmm. They might why be is, believing. Wh what is the, what is the challenge there? What is, what is that? Why does that cause a problem for people? Because if you look at God, doesn't do things the way we think he's going to do them. He does them <laughs> through people, right? God mm -hmm. works through yeah. people and it takes people's free will. It also is a trust and a dependency upon him because there's something about it that if we think that we know this is how it's going to be, 
there's something in us that either tries to circumvent it or change it, alter it, something. Um, but what I have found is a lot of times he wants to do it in a way that surprises us because of his goodness and his love. Again, it goes mm. back to that, that loving kindness. And, um, but what so, happens with an so, ex so what I'm hearing is that you're saying that if we, if we have an unrealistic expectation or an expectation where we're, we're actually almost putting a demand on God, not only to fulfill his promise, but to do it in a specific way, then we're kind of boxing him in and limiting his ability to do what he said he would do. Is, is that what you're saying? Yeah, in part. And it's, it's, we only know in part and see in part. Mm -hmm. And we have a very limited perspective. And so we don't know the circumstances of what, of how we want. Maybe God wants to do something in such a grander way. We're yeah. limiting with just this little bit of thing. I just think about raising my kids, right? They wanted just, you know, one cookie and, you know, I had a whole cake ready for them or something. I don't know, but I'm just saying <laughs> yeah. there's, there's something of love that wants to do exceedingly abundantly above mm. all that we can imagine or ask for but it's according to the power that works in us. So it's really partnering with God. But expectations set us up for failure because we think it's got to look a certain way, a certain time. It really puts a demand on God and other people. And it puts us in well, a striving mode. Yeah, and there's a fine line, I think, between confident expectation and unrealistic expectation. You know, we can be confident, but we have to be confident in what's true and I think where we go sideways is, you know, God says that you will prosper. And so, okay, God says, you know, his word says that I'm going to prosper. And so I'm believing that, you know, God is going to have somebody give me a big check. And, you know, that may not be how he wants to prosper me. Maybe he wants me to prosper by um, starting a business or by making an investment or by, you know, there's all kinds of different ways he could get money to us. Like you said, it's going to happen through people. But if I try to box God in on a specific way, I may miss God entirely because that wasn't what he intended at all. And the other challenge, you 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 put your finger on it, is that we think too small. You know, we have unrealistic realistic expectations in the how, but the what often is too small. So we're right. missing it on both sides. Right. And there's a timing and a maturity. I mean, there's a lot in with expectation. I tend to say it, I live with expectancy versus okay. an, an expectation. Mm -hmm. Expectancy is hope. It is. Okay. I know there's going to be a good outcome. I just don't know what it's going to look like or how it's going to come about or the timing of it or who also mm -hmm. is going to be involved. Yeah. Because free will has to be involved in it. But I also know that it's going to be good. And so when, when the storms of life are happening, that's when we really have to encourage us. And that, and one of the common phrases I say is when, you know, really like all hell is breaking out and everything is mm -hmm. like, feels like it's coming against you. I always say something good's about to happen. Yeah. I encourage well, and my, and we'll talk more about what we can do to encourage ourselves. but yeah. What you, what you're describing um, in the secular world, I've heard it referred to as the Stockdale principle. And I don't know if you know, he, at the time, I think he was a captain. He was the most senior American officer that was held in captivity during the Vietnam War. So this goes back a little bit, but I, I'm a Navy guy. He was a Navy captain um, and he, he ended up being an admiral before he retired. But Admiral Stockdale, he, he said that there was one type of person, one type of, of, of prisoner that 
they just knew wasn't going to make it. And that was the one that, like you said, had unrealistic expectations. They, they would say, oh, we're going to be you know, rescued by Christmas. And then Christmas would come and go and they weren't rescued. We're going to be rescued by New Year's, New Year's, you know, again. And they, and they kept setting themselves up for failure with these unrealistic expectations by putting timelines on it. And that's the scripture verse we just read. Hope deferred makes the heart sick. It, it damages our heart. And that, like you said, Lori, that interferes with the ability of God's word to take root and produce fruit in our lives if our hearts are damaged. Yeah. So that unrealistic expectation. But what, what Admiral Stockdale said is what you were just describing, Lori. He said that you needed to have the, the absolute certainty that we were going to be rescued. Yeah. And at the same time, face the hard reality of what's happening today. Mm-hmm. And and not try to put those unrealistic expectations on it. He said, yeah. "Those are the people that made it through." Yeah. And and so we have to look at um, that expectancy. And one of the things that I'll say too is, um, I, I'm kind of jumping to how I how I mm-hmm. encourage myself in hope. But one of the things that I'll do is, Father, how can I rest in your mm-hmm. love for me right now? Okay. When all that is happening, when when the disappointments come, we'll talk more a little bit about these disappointments. When those come, and it's not a matter of if, it's when, because yeah. we live in a world, and Jesus said, in this world, you're going to have trouble. That's right. Just because we're, we're, we have a Christian belief doesn't mean that we're free from disappointments and troubles and hardships. It's part of it. But God is the source that will get us through us or through it. And I always just say, too, I turn it around, I flip the coin, and I'll just say, this all works for me because I know mm-hmm. that God's going to turn it for my good. Yes. What the enemy is meant for evil, God has already turned it for my good. I'm going to put my eyes back on Jesus and say, Jesus, how are you with me in this time? How can and I? What you're doing is you're reframing it with a positive perspective of an overcomer instead of a yes. defeated perspective yes. of somebody who is, is going to lose. You know yes. that, yeah, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm facing whatever setback is, is going on in my life right now. But I know God is going to turn this for my good, and I am going to overcome regardless of what's happening today. Yeah, and that's that resilience. And that's what, I mean, I, I'm a resiliency life coach, so that's what we do. <laughs> that life, we have those storms. You know, life has the curveballs that are thrown at mm-hmm. us. But how do we bounce back for it from it? How do we overcome? How do we move through it? So let me just let's for the, let's just go through this because I want to make uh, sure. there's a few points that I want to make sure that people know um, when it says hope deferred makes the heart sick. That word deferred means to draw out, to prolong, to delay, to extend or stretch out. So what happens is when we have let's just say it's a promise of God or we have um, an expectancy for something. When that is drawn out, like when I was uh, dealing with infertility, it seems like this is never going to happen. That's the problem that we can go into a discouraged state, depressed state, to where we get into that negative mindset. And what I always say is, what narrative am I telling myself? I'm Mm -hmm. telling myself a story. So am I telling myself a story that's based on my circumstances? That's based on um, discouragement of an unfulfilled promise being dragged out and not being, you know, so we have to go through that. But then that heart, like I said, it's our mind, our will and emotions. And 
it involves that imagination. So when we're telling ourselves a story, we're actually seeing it mm, in the yeah. eyes of our understanding. We're seeing it in our mind's eye. And an and example, so got, I was going to say an example of that where it can go sideways is, you know, God's going to give me a child by, you know, right. we, we start putting deadlines on it yeah. instead of knowing that he is and, and a lot trusting him with a timeline. I think yeah. a lot of that goes back to trust. When we yeah. start trying to dictate to God how he's going to do it, when he's going to do it, instead of just trusting that he will, yeah. that's when things go especially sideways and our hope gets deferred because we, we hope in things that he didn't say. You know, I, I, I've learned not to put timelines on things unless I hear a clear word from God about that timeline because mm -hmm. it typically takes longer than I think. <laughs> and then even then, it's still a step of faith. We want the whole plan. We want the whole path, but he gives us a step and it says that he yeah. orders our steps. So faith is a step of action on what mm. we've seen, what we're hoping for. Yes. Um, but one of the things that with our heart, what happens is they've scientifically proven that people with depression are very susceptible to having heart attacks and people who've mm. had heart attacks suffered with depression. And so that discouragement and the word discouragement, right, is the opposite of having courage. And the Latin word uh, cur is heart. Oh, okay. I didn't know that. Wow. So literally, when we have um, something that we are hoping for that is drawn out that we have not seen, mm -hmm. if we will, if we, it will literally make our physical heart sick as well as our emotional heart. Mm -hmm. So we've got, this is how serious hope is, and it's a power source that we have. Um, and that's the word sick means to be worn, weak, afflicted, diseased, to grieve, infirmity, wounded, crushed. Have you ever heard someone say, it just crushed my heart? Oh, yeah. Right? Yeah. Disappointments. So and to grieve. And that's, that's a whole nother topic because I'm in the process of writing a book on grieving losses that we do not have funerals for. What do you mean by that? The silent griefs, such as a relationship that has been destructive or is no longer, um, mm. let's just say infertility, miscarriage, military people that always are having to move and are displaced moving in general, having to start over. Let's just talk about the dealing with the pandemic stuff and the isolation oh, yeah. and abusive relationships that are not recognized. The narcissist, I mean, all these different things. I don't want to get off on that, but No, but we so are there's, not there's just a whole host of, host of disappointments in life that can happen to us that we yeah. don't, like you said, don't have a funeral for, but they do, they do impact our hearts and right. cause grief. Right. And also, too, they're not things that we talk about in in church addictions, mm. people, areas that people are struggling with that shame keeps them silent. So yeah. we have to learn how to grieve because grieving actually is we have a skill that we get and it actually causes us to grow. But that's another side thing. But if we don't <laughs> deal with hope deferred makes the heart sick. So it literally can make us physically sick as well as emotionally, mentally. But the flip side, it says, but when the desire comes, so that desire is a longing, a dream. But what I have found is really the desires of the heart. And this is where I coach people. And when we find those desires of the heart, 
but I will, I run up to people who've been trained in the church or the religion of those desires are evil. You yeah. can't have desires. That's of the flesh. Mm -hmm. No, God's put desires in our heart, security, safety, love, to have connection, to belong, to be affirmed. So these are deep desires that of our heart that we need to have. And when we are starved of those, we will literally be sick or depressed. Mm -hmm. And unhealthy. Yeah, I, I was part of a church that basically taught if you enjoyed it, that was your flesh and that was bad. And that was kind of a twisted theology at best and, and destructive at worst. So, you know, having to, to change my own thinking on that was a, was a significant process. So I agree with you. You're right. We need to understand the desires of our heart and be able to differentiate what is, you know, a godly desire of our heart and what is, you know, a fleshly worldly desire and feed the former while we, we retrain the later, the latter, the, the, the ungodly, the fleshly part to, to submit to our spiritually minded self. Yeah. Yeah. Psalm 37, four says, delight yourself also in the Lord. He'll give you the desires of your heart. Well, those aren't just your dreams. Those are those core desires that we have to mm -hmm. feel safe and secure. And that's why God is our rock, right? When people say I've hit rock bottom, I'll say, well, he's the rock that is at your bottom. He's yeah. your source, <laughs> right? God is the rock and my refuge and in, in whom mm -hmm. shall I trust? And so let me just say something too. I know we're, we're running out of time here. When it no says um, the desire comes, it means it's fulfilled or realized. And when it says to be a tree of life, this is not the same in Psalms when it talks about a tree of life. It's not the same tree of life that was in, the, in Genesis or in Revelation. It's talking really about... Um, a sense of being meaningful, refreshing, satisfying, filling, and strength. If mm -hmm. you think about a tree, it's life-giving, it's alive. And so yeah. when we have those desires fulfilled, it helps us come alive. That's how powerful hope is. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and you're, you're making a distinction between a tree of life and mm -hmm. the tree of life. Right. So they're both good, but this is not the tree of life from the Garden of Eden. This, this, this is a, a tree of life that restores our soul and refreshes and empowers us. And like right. you said, that is a direct result of, of hope being fulfilled. Yeah. And, you know, Jesus obviously is the way, the truth, and the life. So, I mean, you can make a mm -hmm. lot of, and so that's where I go into that, that connection. And, you know, Romans 15, 13 says, may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing so that by the power of the Holy Spirit, you may abound in hope. So mm -hmm. there's a whole another teaching in there. So when we have hope, that's where that joy and peace are substances of having that hope because God's the source He's the God of hope and the mm -hmm. power of the Holy Spirit to make our soul excellent. And we've talked about that before. And I go back to um, how does someone encourage themselves in hope? I go yes. into the Psalms and okay. Psalm 42, especially. I look at if David was a man after God's own heart, Mm -hmm. And it wasn't because David lived perfect and he did everything. David was a mess just like everybody else. <laughs> but what he did was he sought the goodness 
in the mercy of God. Mm -hmm. He knew that about him. And David's basically speaking to his soul and he's, he's depressed. David is extremely depressed in a lot of the different Psalms, but here he's depressed. But what he does is he shifts his focus to the Lord. And then he starts speaking to his soul and he's like, why are you downcast? Oh, my soul. And mm -hmm. he even, um, says hope in God for, I shall, what am I say? For I shall, um, Praise him. I shall yet praise yeah. him yeah. for the help of his countenance. I've, I pulled it up on the screen. That's uh, Psalm oh, 42, verse 5. Why yeah. are you cast down, O my soul? Why are you disquieted within me? Hope mm -hmm. in God, for I shall yet praise him for the help of his countenance. Yeah. And it, and it goes on. But yeah, no, that's, that's powerful, powerful encouragement. So hope has to be cultivated, just like the, the field the soil, that's our heart. It has to be cultivated. It has to be soft and pliable to allow God's truth, his word to take place, to get planted in our heart. And how we do that is by getting rooted and grounded in his love. Mm. And that hope, those seeds, the word of God, the truth of God, knowing God's character. And that's where I always go to asking Jesus questions. Jesus, how were you disappointed? Or how were you discouraged? How do you meet me here in this place? And then Jesus, what are you thinking about what I'm believing? And yeah. I give that time, I take that pause to ponder the scriptures. And what I use is my imagination to have him show me maybe a different path, maybe a different thought. Mm. Maybe I take a different step than what I had thought. Maybe there's something that I don't know and one of my simple prayers is, Jesus, show me truth. I was just thinking that. I was like, my question is, Jesus, what is the truth in my situation? Which is exactly what you're saying. Because yeah. when we know the truth, the truth sets us free. And a lot of times, our discouragement, our frustration, especially when dealing with other people, is a result of us filling in the blanks with our own assumptions and you know things that aren't true because we our brains aren't meant to be empty our brains are meant to to process information and when we don't have all of the pieces of information we don't know everything our brain naturally fills in the blanks and a lot of times we can get confused between what is actually true and the parts that our brain filled in that aren't really true and when it comes to relationships with others oh my gosh that seems to be like the thing the enemy uses to cause strife and division and conflict amongst people. Yeah. And we need to have support. We need to have at least one or two people that we know have our back. You know, I look at David when he said, I would have lost heart if mm. I wouldn't have known that I would have seen the goodness of God in the land of the living. You know, David had Jonathan. And even when Jonathan's dad, Saul, is trying to kill David, he had someone that he could talk to. We have to have those people that we know that are going to say, Chris, if God be for you, who can be against you? Right? That are mm -hmm. always going to point us back to that goodness of God, that God is faithful, that we are not to give up. We just keep pressing in. But sometimes it means we need to take a, wait, take a break from our situation and just go play because our brain will start to process when we do something for fun. That's something I need to learn is, <laughs> is how to just take a break and shut down and just go do something fun. I've, yeah. I've definitely drifted from that. And Lisa can tell you, I could benefit from a little more fun in my life. 
Yeah. So. Well, think about it as your brain being a computer processor. When you just keep processing, 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 it needs to have a shutdown. It needs mm -hmm. to reboot. So you need to go and reboot by taking some time off and playing, doing something enjoyable, and it will actually help you process better. And yeah. you'll get answers a lot of times yeah. in doing one of the, one of the the more awkward situations. Yeah, because we're we moved to a new town, obviously a new state here. You know, in the last year and meeting new people. And one of the awkward questions is, "What are your hobbies? What do you like to do for fun?" And I'm like, mm, I don't know how to answer that question. So that's something that needs to change in our lives. So, yeah, that's a question I ask a lot of people because I had to go through that too. Because we're in different seasons. What I used to do for fun isn't fun anymore. This is true. Or it hurts to do that. Like, <laughs> I don't <laughs> yeah, want to go horseback riding because it doesn't feel good. <laughs> yeah. yeah, skiing. It's like, okay, I'd like to be able to walk for, you know, not, not be <laughs> gimping around for a week. So, yeah. yes. Yeah. Well, Lori, that has been, that is, a, that is amazing. That is really, really powerful stuff. And I, I think there's more that we can mine out of this, this, this mm -hmm. hope and, and why it is so important for us and how it is so powerful in our lives. So, Hopefully, you'll come back and, and, and share more with us. Um, and, and what I'd like to do is I'd like to point people to your website, you know, lauriksnyder.com. It's in the description of this video. It's also we're scrolling across the bottom of the screen right now. But most especially, I want to encourage people to listen to Lori's podcast. Your Created to Thrive podcast is amazing. You have conversations, you share teaching, you share insight. It's just a wealth of information and encouragement. That is something I think, Lori, that you do better than most people is you encourage people to experience the goodness of God. And that is powerful. So I encourage you, go to Lori's website, check out her Created to Thrive podcast. Is there anything you want to say about either of those, Lori? Subscribe and leave me a review on my podcast, obviously. Go. I don't know if this is a word for someone today on, that's listening or in the future, but um, someone thinks that they, if they know why something's happening, they're going to feel better about it and that they can have hope if they know why. And I just want to encourage you, Jesus knew why he was going to have to go to the cross. He knew from the foundations of the earth, right, before anything was created, the purpose, what his purpose of, of his life was. But that didn't stop him or prevent him from grieving in the Garden of Gethsemane. Mm. Just because we know why something's happening doesn't help us not um, break through or give up. We can know and it why. doesn't necessarily doesn't necessarily alleviate the pain of the experience. Exactly. Exactly. So, you know, when we were talking about the tree, I go back to the garden thinking the tree of the knowledge of good and evil versus the tree of life. Mm -hmm. Even if we knew why it doesn't give us it's not life giving. But the source is Jesus, who is life giving, who will say, a something that will encourage our heart to say, again, if God be for me, who can be against me? It doesn't matter. God is turning this for my good. Even though mm -hmm. something bad is happening, I'm going to be better as a result because I'm determined to grow stronger, be more resilient, and just say, um, I've tasted and seen the goodness mm -hmm. of God, and I want to be an expression of him to other people. And I just want to highlight that for those of you watching, in case you missed it, what Lori said there is incredibly powerful. 
a lot of times we want to have knowledge. We think knowledge is the, is the way to alleviate the pain. And we want to know why. But what Lori just pointed out is that if we're looking for knowledge, we're in the wrong tree. We're, we're in the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. We want to know the good. That's, there's nothing wrong with that, but that's not where life is found. Life is found in the other tree. And so our knowledge, as good as it is, is never going to bring life. We need to go to Jesus, go to the, the, the tree of life. And that's where our true answers, everything that the longings of our soul, that's where they'll be found is in the tree of life. That is so powerful. Thank you for sharing that, Lori. Yeah. My pleasure. And so my podcast, we're going to be, we talk more, I'm really doing a lot this summer with emotional well-being, emotional okay. health. And uh, we've been talking about anger. In fact, last time we talked about hope deferred makes a heart sick in respect to anger. And okay. how, um, so just, yeah, go check out the podcast because there's a lot of helpful uh, topics that can help you grow and, and have a thriving life. Awesome. Awesome. Lori, would you pray for folks and just however the Holy Spirit leads you to, to bless them or encourage them? Sure. Well, Father, I thank you that you are a good father and that you only give good gifts and that we are your children and you are the God of hope. And so I just pray for uh, the person listening right now that they would come alive with renewed hope knowing how much you love them and you are for them and you are tirelessly working on their behalf and they can put their hope in you in your timing your ways your goodness your mercy and that that hope will anchor their soul so it's sure and steadfast and that they will take the step of faith that you are prompting them to take and so i just bless them and I thank you that you are doing exceedingly abundantly above all they can imagine or ask for according to the power that works in them, in Christ Jesus, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Powerful, powerful episode. Thank you, Lori. Appreciate it. Look forward to our next time together.